As the world panics over a new pandemic, the NFL world tries to remain calm. It's business as usual for all 32 franchises as free agency and the draft loom nearby. What are their biggest cuts, rumors, and retirements buzzing about today? Find out now on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Blitz crew back at it, as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and special guest returning again is Morgan Pangle. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing good this evening. So for those who haven't seen the episodes with you on, I want to tell the crowd a little bit something about yourself. Um, yeah, so I'm Morgan. I love the NFL. I am a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and I'm excited to talk about some football. Yeah, man. Well, let's get to it. First off, we have to start off with our 10 league headliners. These are the 10 most recent news stories out of the NFL that we think are the most relevant. So starting off, we have Dan Snyder, the Redskins owner, saying that he could move the Redskins stadium to Virginia if the new gambling laws passes, which this past weekend they did. Yeah, Dan Snyder, he's really trying to secure the bag. I think that could be really good for some Virginia folks that don't want to go all the way up to uh, DC to watch a Redskins game. Don't want to go up to FedEx Field. Heard some bad things about FedEx Field. Haven't heard great things about that. So if they move to Virginia, they could be securing that bag and they could be some getting some more fans down there. Chargers running back Austin Eckler re-signs with LA on a four-year $24.5 million deal. Did the Chargers make the right move and where will Melvin Gordon go in free agency? Uh, personally, I don't think Austin Eckler is a franchise running back, but in the NFL today, what is a franchise running back? Eckler can really catch out of the backfield and make plays in the passing game. And to be honest, for a team like the Chargers, um, who are really in a quarterback spiral right now, having that running back, that check down that you can have for maybe a young or a veteran quarterback is really nice to have. I think this is a good move. I think he was a bit overpaid, but I still think Eckler is a solid fit for the Chargers right now. Melvin Gordon will probably go to a more run-heavy team in free agency. He's been linked to teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Miami Dolphins, teams that don't have that, that true number one running back that may be looking for one. I think he goes to a team like that, and if the Titans don't get Derrick Henry back, look for them to make a move on Melvin Gordon. I mean, Dolphins had Ryan Fitzpatrick as their number one rusher last year, so they do need a running back. And the Redskins, per Trent Williams' request, has granted the offensive lineman to seek a trade. Where do you think he will go, and what will the Redskins get out of it? Um, I think Trent Williams is going to go to the Browns. I think the Browns are looking for an up offensive line upgrade. They just got rid of Freddie Kitchens, their coach. So they're looking really to turn things around. They've got the talent on offense. We know this. They were the best team on paper last year, practically. But that offensive line let Baker Mayfield down. Uh, I think they go after Trent Williams. I don't think he's going to be too much, a second or a third. Remember, Trent Williams is an older guy. He's regressing. He's just, he's getting older. He's a good, solid left tackle, but his, he's already reached his ceiling and is going back down. So I think this Trent Williams is a good fill-in guy for two to three years, um, and but won't go for more than a second or third round pick. Track star Marquise Goodwin is on the trade market. Will anyone trade for him? Who could it be? And what could the 49ers did in return? Marquise Goodwin was one of those guys that is just absolute speed, and if he's running a vertical route down the sideline and he beats your safety, that's a touchdown 9 out of 10 times if your quarterback can get it down the field. Goodwin, however, is not a complete receiver, as we've seen in that 49ers offense that has struggled to go through the air at times this season. Goodwin, I don't think, will be, will be on the trade block, and he'll get traded. 
Um, but I don't think it'll be for a lot. I think we're talking a fourth or fifth round pick to a team that's looking for some receiver depth or potentially a team like the Jets if they lose Robbie Anderson to have another speedster to help Sam Darnold out. The man, the myth, the legend, running back Frank Gore has said he has no plans to retire. How effective will he be in the 2020 season? I think Frank Gore will be about as effective as uh, cream of wheat is for an older gentleman. <laughs> On the outside, oh it doesn't look very effective. But Frank Gore is going to, whatever team he plays for, whether it's the Bills or whether he goes somewhere else, will be a great mentor to whatever running back goes there and will also be a great goal line and third down short yardage back for any team that needs them. On the outside, Gore looks old. He looks like a man who needs to put his... Uh, cleats up and retire, but I think Gore's still got a little left in the tank, and he's going to have a decent 550-yard season. Controversial corner Josh Norman was signed to the Bills on a one-year $8 million contract. Was this the right move? Does Josh Norman still have anything left in the tank? Josh Norman was great with the Panthers a few years ago, um, and deservedly so. He had, a, he had a great year, but with the Redskins, did not look like the same corner at all. Known for his iconic archer celebration bow and arrow when he gets an interception or, or deflects a pass i don't know if there's any arrows left for that bow but with the bills he's going to be playing for a team that really focuses heavy on defense he's going to be with guys like tredavious white micah hyde mm -hmm. who can really help him out there and really give some support in washington norman didn't have a whole lot he was brought in to be that number one corner and that showed that he couldn't be that but in Buffalo, I'm interested to see, can he return to his former glory or at least something that looked like that with other superstars on the other side? This past week, the LA Rams have unveiled a new logo. What does this logo look like to you? And those of you who haven't seen it, I suggest you go look it up now. It's it's interesting. How easy is it to misinterpret the logo, especially with the Chargers logo that's also an LA team? Uh, you know, could we have another IHOP, IHOP type situation here where they kind of backtrack on their plans? So this is a really, uh, this decision had me confuddled, I'll tell you what. I like the Rams logo personally. Didn't think it was anything bad. It wasn't the greatest logo in the league, but it was it was pretty solid. And they had had that uh, when they were in Los Angeles and then moved to St. Louis and then they moved back to Los Angeles and they, they kept that. It was still in their merchandise. Um, however, I don't understand why they would change this logo and why it's so similar to the Chargers. You've got the yellow stripe going around looking like the lightning bolt of the Chargers, both located in L.A., very confused on this decision. Don't know what the front office is really looking at. Don't know if the two are looking to combine into one team potentially to rep LA, but we'll see. My personally highest ranked offensive lineman on our podcast a couple episodes, Baltimore Ravens Marshall Yonda has retired. He was an eight-time pro bowler, but is he a Hall of Famer? And if so, is he a first ballot? You know, I would argue that he is, and for offensive linemen in the in the um, to get first to get in the Pro Bowl and to get in the Hall of Fame, it's all about consistency for me. Offensive linemen don't put up stats, they don't catch touchdowns, they don't get picks. Offensive linemen are consistent players, and for Marshall Yonda, he's one of the most consistent offensive linemen the game has ever seen. Has been a part of that Ravens. Um, offensive line for as long as I can remember and has always played at a high level being both an excellent run blocker and an excellent pass blocker in any situation I think this guy is a first ballot hall of famer I think he deserves to be mentioned in the conversation for greatest guard of all time the Cowboys and Steelers are playing in the Hall of Fame game to kick off the preseason this year. What is the point of the Hall of Fame game? And should this game be played in light of what people are talking about with the new CBA proposal? I've never really understood the Hall of Fame game. To me, it's just like a, an earlier preseason game. 
No starters ever play, uh, although they might advertise Juju Smith-Schuster going up against Amari Cooper, assuming Cooper returns to Dallas. That's not what we're going to see in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, we may see Mason Rudolph have a few reps out there, so um, Coach Tomlin can uh, have him recognize an actual NFL defense before the season begins, as he did not <laughs> the season before when you all saw that, why that happened. Not a big fan of the Hall of Fame game. Just could lead to injuries. Um, I'm glad some, some players can get a chance to play just like the preseason, but it just goes in the same argument as why do we have the preseason. For the CBA, with those talks going on right now and with the recently elected president, J.C. Treader, the center for the Browns, I think the Hall of Fame game will just be a, a small interference with the talks for the CBA. I don't know why they would have this game. I don't understand the importance of the game, to be 100% honest, in light of what the hall, of the hall of Fame. I understand they want to have a game and they want to make it, you know, traditional or they want to add some flair to it but I don't I don't see the appeal I've never actually watched the Hall of Fame game all the way through haven't really cared to and I think it'll just it'll kind of stop talks for the CBA um, which should be focused heavily on right now um, until a conclusion is made what I found really interesting here and is if you really pay close attention to it they released an image for the teaser of this game and who is on the cover none other than Michael Gallup not Amari Cooper, but Michael Gallup. Could this be foreshadowing to the upcoming huge free agent market? I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out moving forward, but I think that definitely means something to the rest of the league. I mean, when you're talking about the CBA and they're cutting it down to three preseason games, I mean, might as well just cut this game out too. Because like you were saying, like I, I interpret what you were saying as it's just a practice scrimmage. Like, you know how, like, teams have joint practices? That's kind of how I view this game. It's like another joint practice pretty much between teams. And, like, I see why you pick the Cowboys and the Steelers because this is, like, historically one of the best matchups seen, at least with the Super Bowl, as the Super Bowl goes. So I can see why you pick this. But, again, I think at some point they're going to have to get rid of the Hall of Fame game altogether. And finally, our last headliner today, and it's something I am happy to talk about, and I'm happy is announced. Video game franchise 2K has announced their return to making NFL games after a 16-year hiatus. This is something I'm really excited for. It gives EA some competition, and Lord knows do they need it to light a fire under their butt to make some darn changes in their game. Uh, you know, this is a fun game when it came out. Still one of the greatest sporting games of all time. Still holds up today, and I'm really excited to see what they can make. Yeah, Brian, you're talking to a Madden vet. I mean, you're talking to a guy that puts at least two or three hours in the Madden a day. Uh, he's been that. playing Madden ever since he was born, playing Madden in the womb. You could hear it when my mom was walking around. I have been playing Madden <laughs> since I came into this world and even before then. But as you mentioned, Brandon, Madden needs that fire to make a better game. I was playing the other day, and my roommate Justin here can tell you that I tried to kick it onside kick, and my player didn't actually kick it. He ran up. His leg went forward. <laughs> did not make contact with the ball. It was about four... About ten feet from the ball, actually. And the ball <laughs> went, and the ball kicked off. And Madden has so many glitches right now, and game after game, more people complain that it's just a roster update each year, and there's mm. some validity to that statement. Some, I mean, we want to play with those rookies. You couldn't get Kyler Murray in last year's Madden, and people wanted to play with Kyler Murray, but is that really 
the only appeal to buying new Madden, I really want to see what 2K could do with this because Madden has really put a monopoly on franchise, on ultimate team, really on any facet of football um, that you could, that we know and love as a video game. So what can 2K do to make it fresh and to get all those Madden fanboys and Madden guys maybe over to their side to try their game out before they go out and buy what I assume is Lamar Jackson on the cover, Madden 21. And you know, they do change about one or two things every year. This year, Madden has the X-Factor mode, the Superstar mode. They have the long shot story mode going on. They have the gauntlet thing or whatever it's called. Mm. They, they have a lot of stuff, but my favorite part of the game is franchise mode. Mm. And yes. you can't do anything creative uh -uh. in that mode. Nope. Absolutely nothing creative, nothing fun, nothing realistic. The, just nothing makes sense in it. So I'm I'm really excited to see what 2K can produce. And hopefully Madden can also increase in here because I have been a Madden fan yeah. for a long time. I'm not hating on the Madden games. I'm just wanting something different for once. And I've heard that 2K is mostly going to be non-simulation. So a lot of the franchise mode and stuff is still going to be Madden's bread and butter. But also, a lot of the gameplay is really what is lackluster for Madden. Yeah. And yeah. that is what 2K is really going to challenge uh -huh. here. Because that's all they're really going to focus on is gameplay. Yeah. So, I mean, what is Madden going to do with this? I'm excited to see what Madden does. But also, I'm excited to see what happens with this game. Well, moving on and out of the video game world and back more to the real sports world, it's time to pull names out of the hat. This is something we've done a few times on this show where we have a topic, we put names in the hat, we pull it out, and we give our opinions. So we're going to do three names each, and our topic today is free agency. It starts this upcoming Sunday, and we're going to give our picks of who we think is going to go where, and if they're going to stay, if they're going to get resigned, if they're going to retire, just free agents on the market that are controversial and are up for grabs. So, Justin, would you like to start us off today with the honors? I would love to start us off with the honors. First name I have here is Derrick Henry. Now, we haven't really heard anything about Derrick Henry yet. Brandon, you and I were talking before. There hasn't really been any noise around Derrick Henry. I think all the noise has gone directly to Tom Brady, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, we've been talking about that the past two or three episodes of Beyond the Blitz. And he, you know, one of the longer-lasting quarterbacks in NFL history. We talk about him. Where is he going to go and all that? Right now, I mean, the attention should be on Derrick Henry because he is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he is on the market. I mean, he had one of the best postseasons a running back has had in NFL history, I would argue. If I'm the Tennessee Titans, you have to re-sign him. He is your number one priority. He's over Ryan Tannehill right now because Ryan Tannehill is not Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry in the backfield. So I'm saying that Derrick Henry becomes the highest paid running back in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans. I was listening to First Take the other day and they were talking about who is that Shaq-like player in sports that can just completely change a team with his presence. And my answer is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is one of the few players in the league that if he's on your roster, he's going to make a change. He took a 9-17 and single-handedly took this team to the championship game. This is not a bad team, but Derrick Henry is the biggest playmaker in the league. My next pick is linebacker Corey Littleton with the LA Rams. This is a player who I think will resign with the Rams. They can't afford to lose him at this point. This is a team with still a lot of talent. I do think that they could make a deep playoff push next season, and they need that leader in the middle of their team to say, no, you're not going to run the ball on us. You're not going to pass through the middle of the field. And Corey Littleton is that player. He is at least a high middle tier linebacker in the league, and he's worthy of getting resigned to not a crazy contract, but a decent contract to play like he should. So for my pick, I got legendary Packers and Lions guard, 
Brian Bulaga. Now, when you think of upcoming free agents and you say to yourself, who are the hot guys? Let me rephrase that. You think to yourself, who are the really good players coming up in this free agent class? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I imagine Brian Bulaga is the first guy that comes to your mind. We're talking about <laughs> one of the better guards in the league. Really, him and David Bakhtiari, when they were on the Packers and they had those other Packers linemen just up there just protecting Aaron Rodgers, that was legendary. Moved to the Lions. Hasn't made a lot of noise, but this is a solid guard for a team that may need somebody at that position. I wanna, I'm want i going to take you guys back to the Browns. The Browns' whole offensive line, other than like Joel Petonio, is just bad. Oh, wait, they got rid of Joel Petonio. Yeah, it's bad. Their whole offensive line, <laughs> besides J.C. Treader. But I'm saying Brian Bulaga is a guy they got to bring in. That offensive line is terrible. I mean, I know Baker played bad last season, but a Baker cannot bake if he does not have an oven. That offensive line is Baker's oven, and he just does not have a hot one right now. Brian Bulaga can really make that offensive line at least a little more solid, and I think that's where Brian Bulaga is going to end up. I think the Browns are just going to bid for him, take him from the Lions, and hey, BB is now in the CC. I think the Packers should re-sign Brian Baloney, but I know that they won't. (laughs) This is team that prides themselves on a good offensive line, but they've already said that he's probably going to so I mean, I could definitely see Bulaga going to another team that's in Ohio, the Cincinnati Bengals, who also need an offensive line upgrade. I mean, they got Jonah Williams. Solid. And then, and then there's crickets after that. And you don't really know anybody on that offensive line that can start 16 games the entire season and do well. So, yeah, I would definitely think that he could go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns that we just talked about, how about Christian Kirksey, a linebacker who just got Ooh. released from the Cleveland Browns? I mean, we've been talking about players who are going to get re-signed. He got released. He's not going to get re-signed to the Cleveland Browns. Christian Kirksey has been a guy who has been dealing with a lot of injuries recently and he had two or three seasons where he was a solid linebacker not going to be your pro bowl every year guy not going to be your all pro guy but he's going to be like a blake martinez kind of guy who gets you a lot of tackles and is solid for your team a team that i could see getting a guy like this is a team that just had their linebacker retire how about the carolina panthers the Carolina Panthers just had Luke Keekley retire. Definitely. I mean, this guy also, um, they're just trying to rebuild um, Christian Kirksey. He's on the younger side. He's under 30, I believe. And he could be the staple of that defense for the next couple of years. Someone that Matt Rule can definitely build that defense upon for the next couple of years. Or at least help the rookie that they do draft on um, this year or the next year. And he could be cheap as well. I like that pit. I like that pit, Justin. You know, I'm about to come at you more because my name is Emmanuel Sanders. What a receiver Emmanuel Sanders is. Emmanuel Sanders is going to re-sign with the 49ers. This team needs a receiving core. Debo Samuel is definitely their number one net season. Emmanuel Sanders is a great number two of slot receiver. And this team is a team that wants to make a push to the Super Bowl again. And how do you do that? You do that with star talent like Emmanuel Sanders will bring to the table. I think if he doesn't re-sign with San Francisco, I think New England's a place. They take a lot of veterans and they make them better than they are. Not saying that Emmanuel Sanders is a bad receiver, but they need receivers. So I could definitely see New England being a place. I'm sorry. I knew New England co- is a place. I yes. could see New England being a place. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Justin. I was talking about Brian Bulaga. That's the BB. Then I said he was going to the CC, Cleveland City. Now... I got the EE. I'm talking about Eric Ebron. 
<laughs> I'm talking about legendary tight end Eric Ebron. You remember him with the Lions. You remember seeing a lot of drop passes with the Lions. This man was one of the bigger busts, more notable busts, um, in terms of tight ends more recently with the Lions. A great vertical threat, an athletic guy, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, O.J. Howard, even a Tony Gonzalez comparison for how athletic this guy was and able to make plays with the football. But he just could not actually catch the football, which for the Lions, surprisingly, was of importance. Now, with the Colts, Ebron has really stepped it up and has become a great red zone target for Jacoby Brissett or whoever the Colts quarterback um, has been. Eric Ebron, I think, is now a more premier tight end to have in the league and someone that can really... Um, have a big effect on your offense, especially if you don't have that many great receivers. Ebron, I think, can be that guy. With Jack Doyle also on the roster, I do think that Ebron does not stay with the Colts. I think that they're going to keep Doyle because he fits their system a little better. He's a better blocker, um, and he's just going to Frank Wright. He's just Frank Reich's guy. He's been around longer, and that's who they're going to keep. I think e Eric Ebron is going to end up in Buffalo. I think Josh Allen can really take advantage of having a guy like Ebron out there, a big target for Josh to hit. You know, Josh, he's not the greatest thrower. He's not super accurate. Uh, but you know what he can do is he can throw it far. And you know what Eric Ebron can do? He can run. So Josh Allen, he's going to have a good time with Eric Ebron. E.E. -E, Eric Ebron's about to go to the BB. I'm not talking Brian Bulaga. I'm talking the Buffalo Bills. I think that's an interesting one because they do have Dawson Knox there who came up this past season. Don't give me that. Dawson look. Knox. That sounds like a shoe brand. <laughs> so I'm. let's think about places that don't really have a premier tight end. Let's think about like Miami, who you're getting a new quarterback and you might as well have a security blanket. But my, to. Miami can't have everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> Miami's got a lot of cap rooms. So they got they Mike can... Gusecki. They drafted Gusecki. All right. So my final player i'm going to be talking about is Kenyon drake Ooh. so we have one running back already that i talked about and Kenyon drake he's a player that the cardinals have to resign they have to resign him but they're not going to i don't think that they are going to just because david johnson's there they already have him on a big deal and they could possibly sign they from their mindset they think they can sign someone just like they did trading for Kenyon drake Kenyon drake had for a, I wouldn't say pedestrian offense, but an offense that was struggling before he got there. He was the lifeblood of that offense. He helped Kyler Murray out a lot, especially on the run game. Before he went to Arizona, I thought he was a pass-first receiving back. But he showed me he is an all-around back. You know, not as good as, say, some of the guys we're talking about, like Christian McCaffrey, who can catch the ball well and run the ball well. But I think he could definitely be an upgrade how about a team who is releasing both of their running backs this offseason, Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller? How about the Houston Texans? They need a running back. And I think that Kenyon Drake is a very elusive running back who could pair well with Deshaun Watson, especially doing the play action with him and throwing it deep to DeAndre Hopkins and the variety of weapons they have there. I think Kenyon Drake could fit well in Houston. Yeah, you're telling me Kenyon's about to roll over my guy Laramie Tunsil. And Kenny Stills, it's a Dolphins reunion down there in Houston. So it's a good upgrade, good upgrade. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm very high on Kenny Drake. I think he's better than Derrick Henry currently, but you know, we'll see. My final player is Amari Cooper. I was talking earlier about how the Dallas graphic has Michael Gallup on the cover. I do not think he's going to stay with Dallas. He's going to go somewhere else, too. He's going to stay with the competitor. He's still a good receiver. I don't think he's 
I don't think he's top 10, you know, but he's still a pretty good receiver. He's up there. Amari Cooper is going to end up with a team that needs receivers, a team that has a new young quarterback under center, a team with still a lot of talent on defense, a lot of talent on offense, and they're going to build it up even more, and that's the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos desperately need that high-caliber receiver, and they're going to get it in Amari. The only thing is, can they pay him? I think they don't make room, and I think they will. I mean, if they want to re-sign Justin Simmons, I don't know if Amari Cooper is the right move to make, but, I mean, Amari Cooper going to Denver, that would be a pretty good match. Well, they're letting Chris Harris walk. That frees up money. That's true. So, for my final free agent, I have no other um, than... Seven plus kids, Philip Rivers. <laughs> now, Philip will not be returning to the Chargers. He um, recently sold his California home and is planning to move permanently to Florida. Now, Florida is a nice place. There is no income tax in Florida. I do not blame Philip Rivers at all for going to Florida. And I think I know why he went to Florida. There's this one team that's got a gunslinging offense. A head coach that really knows what he's doing and some excellent weapons. And I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. I'm talking about Brian Flores, Philip Rivers coming in, Josh Rosen, Brian Fitzpatrick. No, 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 no. Rivers is going to come in there and the Dolphin is going to run through the river. You heard Dolphins and Notions, not this time. The Dolphin's going to go through the river. That Phil- was a curveball. <laughs> Philip Rivers is going to go. To the Miami Dolphins, he's in Florida. He's been linked to Tampa Bay, this and that. But according to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, Rivers is their third choice at quarterback under Bridgewater and Brady, assuming they don't get Winston back. I don't think they go after Phillip Rivers. I don't think um, the the Jags will go after Phillip Rivers either. They get Minshew Magic, but I think the Dolphins are the type of team that need a guy like that with a lot of experience. Not a Fitzpatrick-type guy, but a guy like Rivers that's proven to win. I mean, he's um, one season removed from a 32-touchdown campaign, don't forget. So Rivers, he's got the talent to do it. And if he can throw it down to a guy like Devontae Parker and Brian Flores putting together a, a great team with as little talent as he had, look for Phillip Rivers to make this Dolphins offense, Dolphins offense explode. Justin, can you tell me what time it is? It's currently 10 o'clock. No, silly It's time for Way Too Early Predictions. So for today, we're going to take a little interesting aspect. And I want to do a little bit of an intro here. I'm going to switch to the XFL just for a brief second. They are discussing up to a 30-team expansion for next season. Is this reasonable? And what cities would you like to see represented? However, we're talking about the NFL. So think about what teams you want to see represented. But what NFL franchises do you think we could see move in the near future where will they go? Who will it be? And who could possibly just get kicked out? All right, well, I mean, we're talking about going to, in my opinion, going to different countries. I mean, you can go to a different state. But, I mean, we're already talking about London, and we talked about on a former podcast that the Jacksonville Jaguars sort of linked to going to London. But how about let's talk about Canada. I mean, they already have their own league. And there's one place in Toronto that already has three professional teams. How about you get the you get one more team? And how about you get one more team there and you hype up football? I mean, football is already known there because of the Canadian Football League. 
and that they have there. And I mean, it's not a bad league. I mean, obviously you have the XFL that's gaining a little bit more popularity. But I mean, Canada is familiar with football, and I think the market is there, and they could have a good team there. As far as teams that could be removed, honestly. I'm thinking of the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, I know they just moved, but they have no fan base there. I mean, unless yep. they move back to San Diego, I think Los Angeles, it's either Los Angeles or Jacksonville that are the two prime candidates to be moved to either another country or another state. I like that Toronto, that idea. Already three major sports teams there, and you're adding another. could really garner some support for those people repping Toronto, and they've already got football up there, and that's pretty solid. But could there be a new NFL franchise in Toronto? I'm talking the Toronto Lumberjacks. What? <laughs> Toronto could get another NFL franchise to move up there. I get it. But imagine the other 32 NFL teams stay at home and the Toronto Lumberjacks come to town. I think that's a solid idea. I think their uniforms could be like red and brown, you know, like the Lumberjack colors. I think it's going to be solid. That's my hot take. If you don't see the Toronto Lumberjacks by 2023... You can tell me I told you so whenever you see me. Yeah, Justin, I'm going to stick with you on the Chargers there. I think that this franchise made a huge mistake moving to L.A. San Diego fans are mad. They lost a lot of fans. They can't fill a venue now. They have 16 away games every single year because they can't fill a stadium. And a small stadium, they're going to share a stadium with the Rams, another fan base struggling to fill seats. You know, this is a team that could very well move to London. You know, they already have no fans. Why might as well just risk it. Could go to Mexico. Seeing a lot of Mexican expansions, that wouldn't be that far away from them. So I think Mexico could also be in the question. I don't think they're going to go to Toronto. Kind of a wild card. But I would love to see... (laughs) Going back to what I said about the XFL, I'd like to see San Diego represent an XFL team. They're they're footballists now, and I still think that they have a fan base there in San Diego for a good football team. And I think the XFL should open up a team in San Diego. But the Chargers will move to Mexico. I want to talk about the XFL for a little bit and how they want to move to a 30-team expansion. For me, this is just moving a little too fast. The XFL has gained a lot of support and kind of came out of the blue. And for hungry football fans such as ourselves, in the middle of a off-season football drought in that time period between the draft and the end of football, where there's not a lot going on before free agency, the XFL really took advantage of that, and now there's football to watch. But 30 teams, I mean, guys, I'm trying to pick out a team I want to root for right now. I got a couple I'm, like, looking at. You know, I'm liking, you know, what I see from that team. But I I can't, you know, for 22 more teams to come on the scene, I just don't know if that's I, – I would love to see that right away. The XFL seems like they're taking all this success they're getting and just running with it so quick. And they're a 30-team expansion. You know, they have a big social media presence now. It's like they got – it's like a little kid. They got a little bit of attention. And, you know, now he's, you know, running around the entire classroom trying to get everybody's attention. I don't know if 30 teams is the right move right now. I think they should stick with at least the eight, maybe move – or I believe there's eight or ten. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Um, but I wouldn't go over 12 yeah. currently, especially because the XFL is – still a wobbly um you know a wobbly league it hasn't garnered enough support to become um something that we know is going to be stable so i wouldn't release a 30 teams next year let's see they're not even in the playoffs of their first season let's see how this first season plays off let's see the revenue that the xfl brings in and and then we could talk about adding a few more teams i think so far it's very successful they've made great decisions by signing contracts with all the major 
networks are very easily to watch. They bring in pretty good numbers and they seem to have a decent fan base. There was the DC Defenders with the big beer cup thing, whatever they did the other day, the snake. And that was really cool. So they have already a pretty good fan base. Yeah. And I would love to see more than eight teams next season. But again, there's not nowhere near as many numbers as the NFL has in 30 mm-hmm. teams. Yeah. There'll be 38 teams. That's way too presumptuous. That's I, way too presumptuous. And I think with the XFL, I mean, we talked about 2K versus Madden. I think that's kind of the comparison I'm taking right here. Because remember, you had 2K. It did pretty well at the beginning a little bit, and then it took a really long break. The XFL, I mean, it didn't do great when it first started, but it took a little bit of a break. And you've had the NFL there the entire time, and they've been growing, and they've been very popular. Now you come in. Again, I agree with both of you guys. I don't think adding 22 teams is great. But the XFL is a great place to go to places where there are no NFL franchises. How about open a franchise in Hawaii or open a franchise like you were saying in Mexico? Because, A, that might you might be able to partner with the NFL and be like, hey, we'll try this out for a year or two. And if it works, then maybe put an NFL franchise there as well, because there are already so many cities that have XFL and NFL franchises. And both the XFL and NFL are doing pretty well in both getting money and getting popularity. So I could see them adding, like you said, Morgan, maybe four more teams and getting to 12 or maybe even eight more teams. But that would be a really big stretch. But I think they should do it in places where there are not a lot of NFL franchises and maybe even internationally to see if they can garner some interest in football internationally. Now, Jennifer, I want to run one idea before by you guys before we wrap up this evening. We were talking about international teams, and I mentioned the Toronto Lumberjacks, but that was a bit of a pipe dream. I understand that. But this I've been working on for quite some time. This is an NFL franchise I think can really take the league by storm, and that's the Dublin Shamrocks. <laughs> talking about some Madden right now, huh? I'm talking, talking about, about the Madden. Dublin Shamrocks. Madden, Madden. Madden's team, the Dublin Shamrocks, I have played with before. <laughs> And move my franchise there. And let me tell you, the NFL demand in in Dublin is a lot higher than you would think. I think if we put the Dublin Shamrocks in the league, shoot, teams would have to have more than one four-leaf clover to beat these guys. This is coming from the guy currently wearing a Boston Celtic shirt. Hey, let's go. Clinch the playoffs. (laughs) Okay, quick question before we leave, though. We're talking about all these franchises. Are we going to replace? Or are we going to add four more NFL franchises at some point? Are we going to add more? Or is 32 the max in the NFL? I think it's inevitable that at some point there will be more than 32 teams in the NFL. I don't think we'll see that for at least another eight or nine years. By the next CBA, I would say the next yeah, 10 years. It'll be a while for sure. 10 years, probably the next decade will be 32 teams. But I could definitely see expansions. I think that's when we'll start seeing London and Mexico and stuff. Once the international games gain more notoriety, but you start with the Chargers. Start with the Chargers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to Blitz Crew. As always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Morgan Pangle. And as always, if you haven't already, go follow our Twitter page. That's beyond underscore Blitz. And we are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So please check out our pages there as well, whichever one you're listening to us on currently. Go check out the other one if you have a profile. Give us a follow. Give us a share. We all appreciate your views. The next couple of weeks, we will be posting some pre-recorded episodes due to the coronavirus outbreak. We will not be able to come together to record episodes. So we're going to have a couple ranking videos. We're going to have a couple of ranking episodes, a couple other miscellaneous episodes. But we'll still get you guys content every single Friday at 11 a.m. So please stay tuned. And as always, stay purple. This has been Beyond the Blitz.